0: Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to a new episode of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. I'm your host, Alvin King, and welcome to this Friday, May the 12th. I don't know if any of you have noticed it or not, but we are vastly approaching the middle of the year. That's right. It is almost summer and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am truly, truly ready for it. Um, but uh, again, hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to our show tonight. Uh, before we go a step further, I want to salute our nurses uh, tonight. It is National Nurses Week, and um, I want to salute all the men and women who do the things that I truly cannot do. I mean, I, if I see someone's finger bleeding, I will faint. So you all, I know you do more than put uh, band-aids on fingers, but you guys are truly, truly appreciated, And I wanted to acknowledge that. Um, one more thing while, while I'm talking about uh, nurses, for those of us who have iPhones, um, that COVID exposure notification, it was turned off today. All right, so no longer will you get a notification telling you that somebody around you has been exposed to COVID or whatever, not that you were paying attention to it anyway. But my thing in sharing this with you tonight is don't let your guards down, okay? Just because you don't get a notification, there are people out there who are still walking around, not taking care of themselves, and next thing you know, you are dealing with what they're dealing with because they're not taking care of themselves. You got that? All right, all right. And... I also uh want to talk for a moment about our brother uh Jamie Foxx, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, he he was he's been hospitalized for several weeks. I saw the news today that um he was home. But what I wanted to mention about that was kind of, you know, you know, we're still praying for Jamie. Whatever he's going through, none of us knows. But I'm looking at all these celebrities. That are posting about, you know, they're praying for him and they're kind of giving you the impression that they've been sitting in his room and how he's doing and talking about his, you know, how he's doing, but not really telling you how he's doing. And it's just, it sounds a little self-servient to me, you know, when they're doing it. I'm not saying that they're not, you know, caring about him, but because they're doing it, they're saying it, people are like flocking to their Twitter pages or whatever, and they're getting a little bit more street cred on information that's not even really out there by his family. So I'm just saying that's really annoying to me, but we still need to uh, pray for Jamie Foxx because he is, um, still not where we can see him. We don't know what's going on. And last but not least on that celebrity list, uh, Jonathan Majors, ladies and gentlemen, um, he has been released from something else, uh, because he couldn't practice, you know, anger management and by putting his hands on someone. But, um, He has been released from uh, Disney, actually. He was going to play, I think it was a Marvel character, and they, they released him from that role because, again, he couldn't manage his anger. And that's all I'm gonna say to that. But on the flip side of that, you know, we all know being a black brother, a black actor, being as, you know, as popular as he is, he will not bounce back like someone else who's not black. Um, you know, back into Hollywood. So please pray for him, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. That's my little rambling about that. Our show tonight is called Author Talk. And we didn't intentionally do this, but in honor of National Teachers Week, we have two amazing brothers on here. First of all, returning with us is Brandon Slocum. He was here uh, last year, and we got a little game about that. He was here last year with his book, The Violent the Conspiracy, and he's back this week to talk about Symphony of Secrets, his new book, ladies and gentlemen. is hot. I got it. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got it. It's hot. Okay? Brandon is here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about his new book. And, and we see you where we recognize the Black-owned and operated businesses we have. Okay, story J of the Story Time uh S- Storytime show. He is here tonight in our segment of We See You and we cannot wait to talk with him. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so I'm ready to get on with the show. So if you all are, let's get on with the chat.
1: Hey what's up? Hey gentlemen. <laughs> How y'all hi, doing? Hi. How y'all hi. doing? Doing. Friday. Fantastic, yeah, happy Friday to you guys. Yeah, I'm back from a, a quick little trip to New York City um, where I got to see Life of Pi. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with it? Mm-hmm. The, the movie, wolf.
0: it's on a play? It's a it's, play?
1: It's, it's on Broadway and it is Stop. really amazing. And, the night that we went to see, as we're going in, this people are leaving saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's an understudy. And I'm like, understudies Uh-oh. can sometimes be fantastic. Went somewhere. Maybe it we, was a okay, female. Uh, oh, anyway, we got there. People were leaving because they didn't want to see the understudy who was on. Turns out wow. that it was a female understudy wow. for the role of Pi, which is the first time it had ever been done, mm-hmm. with female. And ah. the storytelling was so amazingly different and we happened to be sitting two rows behind her mom and all of her friends. So it was a really, really magical experience. It was
0: great. I love that movie. I, I didn't know that it yeah. was on Broadway. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah.
1: Totally well, magical man. experience.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but but real quick guys, before we get to let's say hi to some of these folks that have come up in here. How you doing, Blue? I think Blue said hello earlier. Monica okay. here. Uh, let me see, Blue, George Pringle. Monica's here, um, hey, and me. and Michi is here. How you doing? Hey y'all. See, you know that's what friends are for. Because you know I'd be paying attention. Michi wasn't here last week, y'all. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know if she was like busy or anything, but somebody wasn't here, and so Michi wasn't here. I know he's talking yeah. on stuff, but but that's all I'm gonna say. I'll be paying attention.
1: Maybe she I'm follows Bobby because Bobby was not here last week. Uh, you see? There you go, Sherlock.
0: <laughs> but, we're, but we're glad she's here tonight. How are you guys doing? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Good, to see everybody. Good to be back with you guys. I missed you guys last week. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Miss to meet you. So what's going on with you? <laughs>
2: um, well, you know, actually, as you, you mentioned, it is Teachers Appreciation Week. And uh, all of you guys know I am an educator over almost 40 years now. Uh, in education and uh, it's been a great week. I can say at my school in particular, the teachers have really been, I mean, the, the parents association actually put together a whole lot of uh, goodies for us this week. We got t-shirts, we had lunch catered by Panera. We had, um, what is that gourmet popcorn that comes out of Chicago? Um, the
1: caramel and-
2: Yeah. Chicago, pop-
0: Chicago popcorn?
2: No, it began, okay. it's one name. It's, uh, um, Oh, I forgot the name, but um, we had that popcorn sent to us. They've, they've just, they've been treating us all week. And today we had some fun with, they have a, a spinning wheel that has all of these gift cards on it. And so we, we spin the the, car, the wheel and we get like a gift card. And I, I got a $25 gift card to Panda Express. So the next time I'm in the mall, I don't have to pay for a little something to eat. So yeah, so it's been a great week. But that said, it's also an opportunity for us to really reflect on and show appreciation for the teachers who impacted our lives. All of us can remember a teacher who saw in us things that we didn't necessarily see in ourselves, who encouraged us, who inspired us, just as well as we can remember those teachers who broke our spirits and didn't ne- necessarily make us feel seen and affirmed. So I wanted to ask you guys, is there a teacher that you can remember that, um, that you felt like really kind of changed the trajectory of your education or just impacted you as a, as a learner?
0: Oh, I, I'm gonna jump right in real quick. First mm-hmm. of all, Mich- Michi's an educator, and Michi—I'm sorry, Michi was closing out last year, so she uh, last week, so she couldn't be here. So <laughs> I have i am giving her so much love. I know she's an educator, I, but um, um, I, I have to uh, say that I, I went to McKinley um, Tech Senior High School back in the uh, early '70s, and uh, uh, one of the Persons there, he just passed away. The former principal uh, of McKinley Tech, uh, Dr. Athel Q. Liggins, wow. um, he, he was a staple um, in Washington, D.C. He pretty much changed my life. Those three years at McKinley for me were heavenly because of him. Wow. I mean, he knew everybody at the school, treated you like you were his kid, uh, corrected you. You know, that's when parents didn't have to worry about their kids going to school because the teachers was going to make sure that they got, you know, disciplined. Absolutely. the right way. So, mine right. go out to uh, Dr. Athol Q. Liggins, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. How about you, Vosh? Uh, mine goes out to uh, Mr. David Wilson, because he was sexy, and he was an English teacher and the track coach. And okay. uh, he, uh, because of him, I really paid attention in English class because I really wanted to, um, you know, impress my, little, my, my teacher, because I thought he was sexy. That. So you had a crush on your teacher? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, I did. Not That's quite right. the direction I thought this was gonna go, but I never. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But because hey. of that, because of that crush, I really did. Well what what is the name of the show? He said. He said. He said. That's right. And he said what he said. So
2: fine
0: English okay. teacher.
2: <laughs> in that same spirit, and I, I realize now that we do, and we didn't plan this, but we all ended up choosing males. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out Miss Williams, who was one of my art teachers who just was really just extraordinary. And I love her very much and still love her. But 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 the person that I think of most immediately is a man named Michael Durso. Uh, he was the principal of our school. He, like you said, Alvin, knew all of the students. This was a man who has a photo photographic memory to be able to remember every child that belonged in that school. I remember trying to sneak one of my cousins who attended another school in with me that day, gave her books, gave, you know, gave her a jacket and all that. And we walked past him and he said, uh, Mr. Edwards, are you going to introduce me to you again? <laughs> and, and we just had recently our 40th, couple of years now, 40th uh, high school reunion. And the greatest thing that I could have done for my classmates, we had Mr. Durso at our reunion and he's like a superstar still to all of us all these years later. So shout out to Michael Durso and thanks for all the love and the, and the impact on all of our lives.
0: Wow. That was it's pretty much, you know, I went to my high school reunion 45 years last year and Dr. Liggins was there and he passed shortly thereafter. So right. we got a chance to salute him last October as well. So similar story. Yeah.
2: Love. That's wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. All, all love. Excellent. All right, so All those
2: educators out yeah. there, we thank you. You make a difference.
0: Thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you. And today, tonight's show is full of educators. Okay, and we didn't plan this, ladies and gentlemen. But you know, the, the, I'm telling you, when the spirit moves, it moves. And so, it put this, it put this show together and their schedules because um, these guys are very, very busy. And if you all are ready, I want let, to let's get on with the show so we can talk to them. This is like a huge two parter tonight. So if you guys okay. are ready, yes. You you wanna do it? Okay, okay. Hey Sean, thank you for joining us. All right, all right, all right. So our first guest, uh, Brendan Slocum, was born in Yuba City, California, and was raised in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He holds a degree in music education with concentration in violin and viola from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. For more than 20 years, he has taken a public and private school music education has been a public and private school music um, educator and has performed with orchestras throughout Northern Virginia, Maryland, and Washington, DC. But tonight, off of his busy schedule, we are honored to have him back on He Said, He Said, He Said to talk about his new musical suspense thriller, Symphony of Secrets. Please welcome to our stage again, Mr. Brandon Slocum. Hey, Brandon. (laughs) Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> you All know, right. I, 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 I See, I got to say it, it, it's about the voice for me. It's the voice, okay? The voice. <laughs> it is the voice. Welcome back, my brother. How you doing?
3: I'm tired, but I'm really really happy to be here. It is it, truly an honor to uh be welcome back. So, thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Well, you you are so welcome, but that's because you're doing some great things, buddy, and, they, and people can't keep their eyes off of you—at least not he said, he said, he said. So, uh, again, <laughs> I want to congratulate you on your your new book, uh, Symphony of Secrets, and you know, you know, can you just in about sixty seconds let us know what you've been up to uh, for a minute before I go into my next question for you. Sure. Um,
3: I have been promoting Symphony of Secrets, and I'm actually still promoting Violin Conspiracy that came out last year. Uh, I'm on a book tour right now, and for the last couple of weeks, I have literally been across the country. I've been to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Phoenix, Detroit, Cleveland, Boston, Greenville. Um, Where am I today? I'm in Pittsburgh right now. Um, Oh, wow. And I get to go home on, I don't even know what today is, but I get to go home in a couple of days <laughs> right? so Rest yeah. up for a little while and I get to start writing my next book. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Things are, things are happening.
0: Well, it's funny that you just said that because one of the things I wanted to find out before we move on, how does it feel knowing that you have two novels that are i'll be mean, click clearly heating up the literary lanes and they're all doing well at the same time how do you feel about that uh brendan <laughs> <laughs> every
3: single day i i, I pinched myself and you have to apologize for this background i'm in my hotel room i checked in a little bit ago and i was kind of slim but um i <laughs> literally pinch myself every day because i I can't believe it um it's it's just i mean this came out of nowhere and the support that i've gotten is incredible and you know i'm i'm extremely grateful for it it's it's amazing
0: well thank you so much for sharing that my man thank you again thank you thank you for being here
1: thank Mm -hmm. you wow Mm -hmm. so brendan it's so good to see you well you're amazingly good looking you sound amazing. Like I mean, you know, we're all like pitter patter. patter. Like, <laughs> how have you personally changed? You also wrote a book, Vosh. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that, and I, I loved. I loved the first book. It was really amazing. How have you changed as a person and as an author since that book?
3: Wow. Well, well, first, thank you, Vosh, for uh, that compliment. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I like to think that I'm still the same person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just even more grateful. I was already grateful, you know, pre-book, but now it's my my gratitude has expanded tenfold. Um, As a writer since the first book, I think I'm much more free. I can take more risks. I can give more in-depth detail about subject matter that people would be a little uncomfortable reading. Um, And it's not, not so tough for me to do. It's like, you know, well, maybe I should calm down a little bit so people won't be so offended. But now I'm just like, yeah, I can just go for it. I can keep it real throughout everything that I write.
1: Wow, I nice. It. And your publisher it. is just like, hey, just give it to us. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, yeah. yeah. More, more. Right on. Give it to well, us, give it to I'm
2: us. I I'm, I'm honored to, to meet you. I've heard about you. I actually remember seeing a story about you that was on the news here in, in the DC area. Um, when when your first book came out so it's really an honor to to meet you um, directly so the violin conspiracy tells the story of a musician who ultimately finds out that his family's violin is a Stradivarius and takes him on this mysterious uh thrilling uh journey now the Symphony of Secrets Mm -hmm. tell us what that's about and tell us how it differs from your first novel
3: uh, Symphony of Secrets is is takes place in two time periods. One is in the present where a professor, Bern Hendricks, is tasked with authenticating a long lost opera, which is supposed to be America's greatest opera. The world has been waiting for this thing and it has been discovered after 100 years and he gets to authenticate it. So it's, it's a huge deal. And in the past, Freddie Delaney meets a woman named Josephine Reed. They are both musicians. They are both composers. And they have a really interesting relationship, uh, both emotionally and professionally. And then back in the present, uh, Professor Hendrix discovers with his tech-savvy friend, Ebony, Um, this guy may not have written any of his music and it may have been written by someone else. And so the people that hired him will do anything in their power to keep that a
0: secret.
1: Ooh, intrigue.
0: Ooh, I don't know if I'm loving the word ebony, more I, I you know because i i've, I've been i i, I, I don't want to get because i've been reading the book so but ebony is just every time i see or read ebony's name it just does something to me so i you know i don't know what it is i don't know what it is and, and real quick before we forget uh bobby i just want to refresh your memory you and i met brendan at the same time where we were at a social where brendan was uh uh, uh his book he was Actually, the person that we all came to the social to see, and and um, yeah, and it was on a rooftop, and that's where I met Brendan. And Immediately, I thought, let me get him on the show. But you were at that party. That's all right. Keep sipping. But you 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 you, you, you were there. You, you were, were there with much me.
1: Popcorn. Bobby.
0: You were there with me. So mm-hmm. I just w- just wanted to make sure you knew that. But um, <laughs> Brendan, okay, the violent conspiracy mm-hmm. was solid. Okay, all right. But like you said, you have confirmed what I was thinking. You seem to be having so much more fun with writing Symphony of Secrets. I mean, it, 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 you have a refreshing, a, a looseness and excitement and confidence that I, I just feel when I read the book. And clearly the novel will appear to a thriller fan and not just a person who's into, into classical music. What were some of your favorite moments in writing Symphony of Secrets?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um... One of I think one of my favorite parts was I really like writing family interactions. And there's a chapter where Byrne and Ebony go down to North Carolina and they meet the family, the descendants of Josephine Reed. And that was one of my absolute favorite scenes to write, because the entire family, every single person in that family that Byrne and Ebony meet are actually based on my family members. Um, So every bit of dialogue those are what that's what my aunts would say that's what they would say to each other and you know when my cousins read it they were like oh my gosh you nailed it that was my mom that was my mom that was my aunt so that was a lot of fun for me to write but um uh to to be perfectly honest I really enjoy pushing a little bit like there are some scenes where it gets racially what's the word uh racially uh heat it heat it yeah, here, okay, yeah, very much so. Um, uh-huh. Because it takes place in the 1920s, and I wanted it to be as authentic as humanly possible. You know, I'm not going to whitewash things or sugarcoat it just because it might make some people uncomfortable. You know, I, I think that's the best way to heal, to acknowledge this is what happened, this is what it was. So, you know, I'm not going to take it away because someone might be a bit uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of fun to do too.
0: I thought it was quite interesting in, in reading uh, the book, how I'm going to say this and I hope it's not offensive, but it reminded me of This Is Us, how you kept going back into time and then coming back. You know what I'm saying? It had it had that kind of feel. And, and for me, that that kept that keeps my interest because I'm going back in time and I'm actually following you and then coming back. And I just love the way you you did that um, to tell to help tell this story. I I I love that 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 piece of the book also. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the next question is from me to my old friend Brandon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, Bobby. You were so—you just seemed like you were really excited to meet for the first time. So I was like, ah, okay, okay, I let him. Go it. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: that was
2: that was clearly for the audience, but you know, <laughs> 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 my dear dear friend Brandon. <laughs> but what I was going to ask you is historically, the artistic talents of people of color have often been hijacked, um, often uh, their contributions erased uh, throughout history. It made me, certainly made me think about the whole uh, the, uh, one of the movies I saw recently that I really, really enjoyed Chevalier, um, and looking at how uh, after he became a revolutionary, there was an effort to really just kind of erase, erase his talents altogether. Can you tell us at all if that kind of um, historical fact informed this 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 uh, work but in any way? Absolutely.
3: Um, especially in the 1920s, uh, jazz really is prevalent in the story because jazz is truly an American art form. Um, and, you know, Black people created jazz and other races hijacked it. And there's one composer in particular, uh, George Gershwin, who... Mm. Porgy and Bess which is yep. America's greatest opera um, you know and he would actually go to the clubs in Harlem you know black people couldn't go uptown to where the, to the white clubs so George Gershwin would go to the clubs in Harlem listen to all the songs that were being sung that being played that were written by black, black musicians yep. and what do you know he comes up with this opera hmm that's a little <laughs> bit suspect and um, yeah it happens all the time it's still okay. even happening today uh you know with that with the case with with ed sheeran uh last week just, and,
2: just recently
3: yeah and and you know it's a good thing i wasn't on that jury because it sounded just like let's get it on to me i'm just saying that's just me so but you're I,
2: suggesting that you all would still be there if it were up to you because I, <laughs> I
3: mean I, hey hey I, you know i'm, I'm just saying I, I i got an ear and i'm just saying yeah. um but but yeah, things like this happen all the time. And there have been so many uh, black people whose art, you know, whose yeah. paintings, whose poetry, whose writing, whose music has been lost because someone else has commandeered it because yeah. it's not you're not good enough to do this. No one is ever going to take you seriously yeah.
2: as a black musician. Let me do this instead. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's a sad truth. Makes me think of some of the recording artists during the sixties who actually recorded songs, and if you looked at their albums or the covers, like they were actually had white people on the covers oh, yeah. of the albums mm-hmm. to sell them.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's it's still happening today. It's really okay. sad, and I wanted to bring awareness to that. You know that basically giving a voice to voiceless people, people who yep. will never be heard. Uh, I wanted to bring attention to that.
0: Hmm you you are speaking you, your your words are like affirmations to me right now and i'm just gonna say that <laughs> I'm like brendan thank you yeah thank you i like you said it is happening now even though i think you know a lot of artists are finding ways to protect themselves mm-hmm. from this somehow it's still happening yep.
3: right
0: and that, that that that's the part that's kind of disappointing to me
3: yeah. Um, I, I, I think personally, it's still I didn't mean to cut you off. Alan, I'm sorry. Oh, no, um, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think it's still happening because people feel entitled. People feel that they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people just don't think that they have a record. You know, what can I do? Right. Like you, you need to fight for your property. You need to fight for what you what it is that you work for. That's your talent that someone else is taking credit for, and it's not right. If it were reversed, I guarantee you, people would go all out of their. They would go all out to make sure that it didn't happen to them. So, mm-hmm. people people have more resources than they're aware of. Fight for what's yours. You know, you put the work in, and and you deserve the credit. Don't let anybody else take that credit from you.
0: I, you all heard, <laughs> you all heard what he said. Put him out. You do You don't. You don't you don't have to be in the process of writing a book. Take listen to what he just said. Do not let someone take advantage of you, people. You know, know your self-worth. Exactly. And and do not let someone tell you that that you're not better than you know that you are. Do no one can tell you that. Uh pass the plate for Brendan. Okay, please, why, 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 while we're here. All right. Buy the book. Oh, That's what they do. By the oh, book. Oh, well. And you know what? We're going to get to that. Thank yeah. you, Bobby. Um, hold on. Uh, David said, uh, Thank you for joining us, David. Uh, David just said tonight that um, random. I remember the first time um, I'd seen white representation on black music was the Osley Brothers. Wow. Mm. 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 Okay, because David, how old are you? 12. How, how old are you, David? But anyway, 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 anyway. Um, Brendan. Recently, and I, I think I tagged you on this, you said that you were destined to become the Stephen King of music thrillers. Wow. Tell me, what what, what, what did you mean by that?
3: All right. So um, I have some lofty ex- expectations of myself. And I'm like, you know, I'm having so much fun writing and meeting people and and t- people talking to me saying that, as a result of, of reading these books, you know, they've, they've something has awakened in them, you know, they've changed in some way for the better. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I want to keep doing it. And you think of horror novels, you think Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that person when you think of musical thrillers, think Brendan Slocum. That's what I want to be. And. Okay. Every one of my books is going to have some type of musical slant. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys now, I just got another two-book deal.
0: So I'm really excited wow. about that. Wow. Wow. Right. Come on. You know what? You know what? And see, <laughs> see wow. and, 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 and what an excellent segue, first of all, but before you leave here, ladies and gentlemen, we have a book giveaway. Now, oh. th- this, this we have a book giveaway for you tonight. That's right. Now, hold on. Don't think that I'm giving you mine because I have mine. Like, okay, so don't, don't think I, I love you, but I don't love you that much, folks. Okay, I got mine. But this is what's going to happen. So we want you, if any of all of you who are watching and online, if you could type into the chat. The date that Brandon was last on, he said, he said, he said then you will have this book sent to you, all right? The the actual date, and Vos, you want to elaborate on that?
1: I I do, I do. It needs to be the perfect hashtag. It has to match, because we're going to use the system within StreamYard Mm -hmm. to pick the winner. So it needs to be in a specific format. So let's just say, everybody, Alvin, Bobby, Brendan, for example, if in, you know, if let's just... Pick a date. If the date happened to be April 15th, 2022, you should put hashtag 15 April 2022. I'm just saying if that happened to be the date, it doesn't You enter once, just type it in in the comments, wherever you're watching, just Mm -hmm. type it once. It doesn't matter how many times you do it and we'll be able to pick a winner from that, but type that in and we'll ultimately be able to find who won and give you a book.
0: So they ready, set, go.
1: All right. All
0: right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we we, we all know the answer, right? Huh? Say what? We know the answer. answer. well, I was—I was, I was actually on the show. Yeah, I yeah. do. I was actually—I I, I think I was there, but I'm not. Can't be certain because you know, you know, some people pretend to be busy. I'm not. Okay, I'm not that busy that I don't forget where I am. But anyway, that—that's that, another talk show. Um, no, but I, we were—we were all there. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, we—we—we we, we have to let this brother go. Um, Brendan, we we really picked and choose how we wanted to have our communication with you because we know that you've been on the go and we know that you've been busy, but we had to get the word out about, you know, Symphony of Secrets. It is I, excellent. And congratulations. Guys
3: how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me back. And, you know, my, my, when my next book comes out, hopefully you'll have me back again. I, I would love to be here. And, and Bobby, I'll be like, I can't wait to meet you again.
0: <laughs> I even have a picture with him the day we met you. So that, thats all I'm gonna say. I, I got receipts, and so I know that it's in you, again, bro.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but Brendan, thank you for joining us again. Don't go away. We want to bring you back, you know, uh, to say good night. But thank you for joining us and for indulging us in this conversation. And congratulations again.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you very much.
0: All right, all right. Well, guys, what is that? Sweet, it was, yeah. my, good, my good old friend Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, I really, really enjoyed talk, talking to Brandon, and I'm so happy for his success. And like I said, the violin um, conspiracy is still gaining traction. It's still. Is still out there climbing the literary, you know, uh, walls and or whatever they call it when a book just keeps on selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to be out there doing double duty, right? That's and a blessing.
2: Also on the new uh, two book uh, deal, that's that's wonderful. That he said, he
0: said, he said, exclusive. Yeah, yes, it <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> Our, our, our next guest uh, ladies and gentlemen if you guys are ready you I, I want to you know go ahead and get him in here so we can have that talk with him um, this is our segment uh, we see you and for those of you who don't know uh, we see you is our segment where we honor black owned and operated businesses and so we want to make sure if you have someone out there that has a black owned and operated business hey turn them on to us because we want to bring him on but this gentleman uh, has come from you know a I'm just gonna say far away place, but I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this writer and art teacher hails from New Orleans, Louisiana and moved to Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, California in 2005 to pursue a career in animation. After graduating film school, his hopes were to create children's shows and characters, characters that looked like him. When that didn't work out, he decided to follow his parents' footsteps and became an educator and teaching little kids. But as fate would have it, he got a job at a local day camp and began and became a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so it is. Well, he's here tonight to share more about his amazing career. Please welcome Mr. Story J of the Storytime Show, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Hey, hey, Story J! Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Welcome. Good to see you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, thank you for being here. Been been following you. Thanks to vosh Turn me on to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Vars that credit. <laughs> and I have been like, where has this guy been? I mean, what you just like all of a sudden you became my new what's that show that used to come on? The cartoons used to come on the Black Albert, the Black what it was um
4: what fat was
0: it? Or? Uh, the fat, fat Fat Albert, not Black mm-hmm. Albert, and the Jacksons. It put me. It put, did I say? Did I say Black Albert? Did I say you it? did. I did. I did. I did, I did. I did. I, the black guy who was full figure. Albert, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. <laughs> but but welcome to the, to the show tonight, Story J. Thank you. My, Thank my you God, th- this is live. Okay, Story J. <laughs> <laughs> that come down. But I'm going to say. It. <laughs> Story J, if you could, you know, for our viewers, because we're just meeting you. Take about 60 seconds um, to tell us, um, to tell our viewers, who is Story J?
4: Well, Story J is me, Jason Williams. I, uh, I am from New Orleans, and now I'm in L.A. I uh, started out in uh, 2005 as a teacher and I can actually say the name of the school, Pinecrest Schools, and um, I was a uh, substitute teacher, then slowly became kind of like the uh, camp counselor there, and then. Then from there, I learned that after you know going through um, education here, which was actually my first time uh, teaching here because I used to teach in uh, New Orleans, I uh, transferred here and then in pursuing animation here, I also did education, but I also, um, sorry, let me, I don't mean to start all over again, but uh, sorry, it's my first time being interviewed, so bear with me a little bit. Usually, I'm the one that's on the interviewing end, so at Story <laughs> J, I'm the one that interviews, so sorry about that. So anyway, um, I started working at Sierra Canyon in 2012. To... And that was where they actually needed a, a camp counselor. And I, not only that, but also someone to handle the story time uh, program at camp. And they knew that I also wrote some books, and they knew I did cartoons. So they asked me, like, can you kind of mix the two? Can you just do some stories with the kids? And I asked them, well, can I do a little more than that? Can I teach them animation? Can I do my own stories? And they were like, all for it and i created something called story court where we put the characters on trial and we did all sorts of like original <laughs> stories and i took the i took fairy tales that were already fairy tales but i also took comic book characters that were mm-hmm. since comic books are like the huge thing right now marvel characters mcu mm-hmm. and i would shrink them down and make them into the little super, uh, three little super pigs and uh, <laughs> little prince panther and um fluke uh, in the beanstalk because i can't say luke because star wars and disney might sue me so have to oh, change cool. the names a little bit. <laughs> so beca- Thor becomes Thority Locks, people like that. So, um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And so when the pandemic came, I had to rearrange my storytime program. And originally I was going to just have it virtually at camp mm-hmm. and do it here, like at home, but also do it remotely. And it took off kind of like, I didn't expect that many people to be on board for it. So it, not only took off like for people who were watching at camp, but it also took off for people who were watching just on YouTube, just everywhere else. And the next thing I knew, I started getting interviews from people, podcasts, interest in the show. And I realized then that the show had the potential to reach way more kids than just camp kids. And I could reach more. If I could reach more kids, I could do what I always wanted to do, which was show have a show that has kids of all communities and uh, mm-hmm. show kids that look like me and look like you and look like everybody and mm-hmm. have a show that actually has inclusion and representation, not just as a fad, but for something that's always, for something, every story, for every adventure, for every type of story. And I wanted kids to be seen. So I want kids to see what they see in the mirror on the page and on the, and on the screen. Right. Well, is it, I, and I just
0: wanna make sure because I know that we had talked about um, having like a a clip or at least to run, mm-hmm. and I, I want to make sure that I want to see if if it's there. And so, right. if if we can, do we have a, a a a piece of story time that? um Yeah, we, we
1: could definitely show a little piece of of story time, mm-hmm. um, just to give people a quick little vibe of what it's like to 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 be a part of Story J and like what he does with the kids. It's just. It's just a random.
0: Let's see, Let's see. La- ladies and gentlemen, this, we we are we are so
4: live that These you know. Again, you can come over. Yes, there we go. Exactly, LPP.
3: Wasn't I being a good helper by getting the book you wanted?
4: You were, a kiddo, and you are. But interrupting someone or dropping books that aren't yours may not be the best way of being a helper even when you're so ready to help out maybe raising our hand so i should ask next time that would make me happy buddy just like you guys were helpful today in delivering the books to me or like our teacher when she helped us out today and teaching us and taking us on field trips and getting your books yes just like that she helped get my stories to me just in time she was an amazing help I, <laughs> I love know. it see look look ladies and gentlemen creativity at its best did you <laughs> thank see you. that thank you okay. very much
0: <laughs> did, did you did, did you all see that so um and and i i just have one one more question before you know i release you to to these you know these hosts because there's something it. else <laughs> um so is there anything um any moments that from doing the uh, story time with story j that that you would like to share as one of your favorites and and particularly one of your favorite characters
4: oh from what God. you do that is hard um I would have to say Little Prince Panther. I'd have to say Little Prince Panther is my favorite character. Even though, Authority Locks is only because he's like my right-hand man, because that's me doing the voice, and it's, he's kind of like a good, quick character. Like Most people use Muppets, or I use cartoons, so Authority Locks is my right-hand man, but I would have to say Little Prince Panther is my number one favorite, because he's my go-to guy for my conscience, my heart, my everything in the show. I, the when I mer- when I first made the uh, cartoon for Little Prince Panther the original short for it that one was tough because I knew it was at a time when it was right after um it was it came right after George Floyd and it was actually more of a response to George Floyd and uh Trayvon Martin and everybody who had come and all the kids who had been sh- you know shot or just misrepresented, misrepresented or anything and When it was, it came at a time when we couldn't even wear hoodies. Remember that? Like when a hoodie was now like a a uniform of what the quote unquote thug. And so I decided to make a cartoon or a short that would, that could teach or talk to black kids and kids of color and moms of color who have had to have the talk Mm -hmm. with their kids about, like, okay, if you go outside, don't do this, don't do that. And I had to make that, I had to make some sort of response and some Mm -hmm. sort of, whether it's animated or whatever, I had to make some sort of response and that that was Little Prince Panther. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay,
0: all right, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. uh, Thank you for asking yourself as
2: well. He's very cute. <laughs> I saw it, I watched it. I was
1: like, he's so cute.
0: <laughs> big Black Panther fan. Big, big, big. Fan. That's my tribute to him. I have written, I have written my I have written uh the name down. So when I leave here tonight, don't call me anybody because I'll be looking at story time
1: with story J. Oh,
4: thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that.
1: Story <laughs> so Jay, it, it takes a village to raise children because it takes all different types of representations to be visible to children, for them to have even a comprehension of how to create a path to become who they are. Sure. As right. of late, this whole notion of what masculinity is has really begun to be looked at and challenged and explored and expanded. I wanna know, like, what if your experience has been being a black man having to then deal with these stereotypes of masculinity that go along with that? There's a bunch
4: that goes into that question, because um, oh, yes. I mean, number one, it puts you as a target. Mm-hmm. I can say that as a, even as a school teacher, I can say it puts you as a, as a target. Uh, one of the reasons, I don't like to talk about this part that much, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, one of the reasons that I shifted to remote was because I needed a safe place to Mm. teach kids. And it was getting to a point where it had gotten to a point where even though my old schools and all the schools had always protected me, it was getting to the point where parents were starting to get a little, where they could use a child as a pawn Mm -hmm. and Mm. say that this Mm. happened with my kid Mm. and there's no proof or anything about it that you can Mm. say otherwise about. And I had to get myself out of that situation. I saw that happening more and more with um, a lot of black teachers, a lot of male teachers, um, not only just like in schools, like just here, Louisiana, whether it was Louisiana, anywhere in the country, I would start seeing that more and more. And I was starting to see a pattern. And I have anxiety about a lot of things. I have anxiety about what teachers are going through now with um, school shootings. I have anxiety about what black teachers are going through, being um, put as Uh, unnecessary, unintentional targets, Mm -hmm. whether it's for parents or for kids to use the system in ways that they can like sue or use their child, which is a horrifying, sad situation, but I see it happen, So I was like, I don't want to put myself in that system anymore. It's like, I love teaching. I love working with kids, Mm -hmm. but certain school systems, I'm not going to say any, there was all the school systems that I've worked for were wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I can also see there's always like a breakdown with Absolutely. administration and teachers and that's a problem and it's, yeah, as you can see it's a problem now nationwide mm-hmm. yeah. so as a black teacher as a black mm-hmm. educator it's i really have to be careful i really have to be careful as i have to watch myself i have to watch even in doing story time i have to be very careful in every every single situation every single decision i make. i'm sure wow yeah it certainly yeah.
2: resonates with me as an educator and i work at a through k-12 school myself so i, I completely get it um, that you and and so it, it kind of it, it's a natural lead into the question that I was going to ask you around the whole notion that inclusive education in general in America is clearly under attack. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 so you kind of mentioned that in terms of some of your own anxieties and being a target in doing some of this work. But what I'd like to ask you is, is the notion of because I once headed a, a, an elementary school program. There were times I really had to talk to parents about the fact that young children, kindergarten through f- grades four, in my, in my instance, were not too young for inclusive education. A lot of times right. people were saying are mm-hmm. too young. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to know about certain things. Mm-hmm. They won't understand it and process it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how you engage that, that discussion if someone were to say that the, um, the concepts that you try- seek to um, cover through your, through your your art um, it's just too advanced for young kids.
4: I would have to give them my own personal experience. I would have to say, I can still remember the first time I read The Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats. Absolutely, classic. And, yeah, little black boy in his red jacket and everything, red coat, goes out, has a fun day in the snow. I had never seen a little black child in a, in yep. a book. I had never, I was always, I've seen like, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Um, Tom, uh, Tom Sawyer, everything like every, Peter Pan. Everybody was always the same color. So mm-hmm. to see a little boy who looked like me, and there was a uh, there was a book. I swear, I, I wish I could remember the name of it. But God bless Miss Minor, my pre-K teacher. I still remember. Yeah, another shot me out. to this book. Mm-hmm. There you go. But it was this old book. I want to say it was in the 60s, and I haven't found it since. I've still been Googling it. Everything. And it was about a little boy, a little black boy in the city. Who wanted to be a cowboy so bad, and it wasn't until like a like the ice man or something with an ice truck who had a horse, and now he could be a cowboy, this whole thing, but the illustrations in that book it just took me away. I was like, finally, there was somebody who looked and he and I thought he looked just like me, so I loved this book. Mm-hmm. It matters it really, truly matters to see yourself, to see somebody who looks like you, who Comes from the same place that you do, yes. in a book that, in a book, in a cartoon, whatever. So to see an entire state ban uh, Black history from colleges and high schools, and to say that you can't learn anything about LGBTQ, yes. in my opinion, I'm like, okay, I'm inviting a drag queen to read on my show. If you don't like it, you can always <laughs> click off, whatever. But I'm inviting everybody to do read alouds on my Absolutely. show. Inviting- Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Of every community, so if they don't like it, there's the door out of YouTube. You know, you can click on I'll anything be- else. Mm-hmm. But I'm here. I'm gonna have a safe space for my kids.
2: Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it.
4: Thank you. Mm-hmm. And well, all th- kids are my kids. <laughs> so let me just say that. So, as a teacher.
1: Right. Amen. So. I want to talk to you about the status of education. We sort of talked about that. I want to go even further into that. So when Brown versus the Board of Education at Topeka, Kansas determined that separate but equal isn't equal, and they had to desegregate schools, everyone sort of thinks that that trajectory was like, oh, we're just going to have great inclusive schools. People forget that the Board of Education, all those people, that institution was not happy about this decision. And the attack on public education for black and brown people has constantly still been under attack. And we can see that all the things that they have been doing are are beginning to bubble to the surface, creating so much dissension into the the public education system and getting people to like back charter schools and all these things to pull money out of public education. What's your take on all of that? And
4: where are we? Anger. Honestly, whenever mm-hmm. I see that, it, it what's that saying by uh, by uh, James Baldwin: "To be conscious and to be black in the United States mm-hmm. is to be angry all the time." I know I'm, I all might of be up, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's basically where that puts me. I can't watch the news anymore. I have to mm-hmm. be very careful about watching the news because mm-hmm. even the news is just kind of like, let's see if we can separate as much as possible and just turn it. Can be triggering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's absolutely triggering, and. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see, like I was saying before, an entire state, or I should say two states, I think by now, a bunch of states, actually. It's not even just two. It's not even just Florida and Texas. Um, number one, I see fear. Mm-hmm. I know what it's about. It's, it's about fear and insecurity. It's about uh, trying to erase the mistakes that they made so that we would never find out about. It's, it's about um, trying to erase entire culture, entire histories. And, and it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. That's what I need people who are younger to understand that this is important. What's happening in those states where people are erasing um, Black History Month and everything is they have to be watchful of that because mm-hmm. it's so easy to erase a little bit of history. Um, let me give a tiny example. This is mm-hmm. kind of far and away. Uh, you remember the show, Romper uh, Room? Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes, yes. I did not know that show existed. I didn't know that show existed until I was thirty years old, and the reason wow. was because wow. the lady who played what was her name Miss Mary, I think Miss mm-hmm. Rebecca, something she, like she Miss Rebecca, whatever I forgot her name. But um, that show was outlawed in the southern states, and I didn't until like around like nineteen seventies, like late seventies. And the reason why was because they found out the because of medical reasons, the host, the lady, had to have an abortion for again for medical reasons. And mm-hmm. it got out, and the South said, no more romper Room. That's wow. it. I don't care. Our kids cannot watch that show anymore. Wow. So I didn't even know that show existed.
1: Wow. Oh, my that God.
4: easy. That's how I had to find out when I got here, when I got to L.A., and people were saying, mm-hmm. like, you never heard of, you know, look at the Magic Mirror, all that. I was like, no, I don't know what y'all were talking about. <laughs> I know Captain <laughs> Kangaroo, Reading Rainbow, Sesame Street, mm-hmm. Dusty's Treehouse. I've never heard of this show. You didn't right. see that? Right. That's, how fa- that's how easy it is. Yeah. Well, that
0: thank you. That, that was some education that I didn't know because I grew up on and Room and mm-hmm. I didn't know when it went off. I just thought that I was an adult and that I just need to go to school, get out and go to get out the <laughs> house. Like I, I thought it was over. But um, I'm going to change the, um, I guess the, the, the move for a little bit, I think. Um, Story J, you said that doing Story J ch- uh, saved your life. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Can you briefly tell us about you know, what what that means and and how how so? How did that
4: happen? Kind of going back to uh, what I was saying before about uh, how we were saying about the news is triggering. Mm -hmm. Um, After Breonna Taylor, after George Floyd, after, um, well, it was basically like the summer of 2020. Mm. I, I, when I started doing the show, it just started out as just a virtual reading show for kids. And when I realized the impact it could have, I started doing more shows that were more um, inclusive and, rep- and showed more representation for kids. But as the summer went on, certain political figures, I'm not gonna say who, Certain people who are, you know, maybe under an investigation right now, but um, <laughs> um, kind of took the center stage, and they that person. If anybody remembers, like the twenty summer of twenty twenty, finally black people were getting representation. We were getting seen more. Artists were getting seen more. Musicians were getting seen more. And then election season hit, and that mm-hmm. was it. And um, seeing the events of. uh, the past politics, what politics has done, mm-hmm. what, um, how the country has become divided, what the news is constantly putting out, like just thumbnail of a mugshot of us, mugshot of us, mugshot over and over and over again. And nobody willing to do anything about guns. Nobody mm-hmm. willing to do anything about children being shot in schools and everything. I had to do something. And so this show was basically like my, almost like a journal. Mm-hmm. If someone just writes in a journal They can write all their feelings out. I can respond some way with this. I can somehow tackle what's happening with some niceness, with some quiet, with some, because the kids, they're just being inundated with all this stuff. They're just finding out some bad news constantly over and over again everywhere. Adults are finding out bad news over and over again.
1: Mm -hmm. So I
4: wanted some safe space originally created for kids that would show like a place that where they had people that looked like them, that was safe, that was quiet, that didn't have all the mess of outside. And mm-hmm. in doing so, I realized little by little I was doing that for me, too. Like I needed to see this. I need to hear this. And so mm-hmm. I wrote the things I needed to see. I wrote the things I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Because, like we were saying, going back to um, what kids need to see growing up, I always wanted a big brother. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. wanted somebody who was there to tell me that no matter what, you're okay as a, who you are, a little bit. A little bit right? yeah. You are, you are great. You are worthy of everything you want. I just need, so I needed somebody to see, to say that when yeah. I was wrong. Well, I think a lot of kids yeah. and a lot of adults might need mm-hmm. that too. So that's why I create the shows. That's why I do this because it needs to. I need to hear these things too.
0: Well,
4: well, we're glad you're here. Believe right. me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that. Thank you.
2: I have a, a just. It's a. It's kind of a just a. Strange question, but mm-hmm. I in watching some of your shows in, in preparation for our, our time together this evening, I noticed that most of the time, if not all of the time, that I saw it, you have a hat on. Oh. You, what is the significance of thing. the hat? And then you show What's up to right like, here? where's the hat?
4: This is the hat. <laughs> I wasn't sure if y'all wanted the hat or not, so I was like, "Okay, I'll be Jason Williams and be serious." Like, <laughs> you know, do the serious. It
2: seems significant because every time I saw it, I was like, "He's in that hat." So, yeah. what there is on
4: the hat? I was <laughs> like, "Let me put it right here, just in case they want to see the hat." So, let me have let me get the the familiar. Now I'm story J. And okay, okay. I have to all right. Be I have to be very clean-cut and everything. So, so,
0: so, 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 so the hat is really your persona.
4: That like once I put the hat on, that's when okay, I feel more relaxed right now. That's crazy, okay. Um, <laughs> so I have the hat See, on. okay, but um, as Story J, like, yeah, I can kind of be cut out a little more, I can like relax a little more. But it's also, as my wife said, it's me, but um, how'd she put it? Um, in drag me times two or me times three or something <laughs> like that. What he said in drag, but you know, <laughs> but you know,
0: first you're born naked. The, the, the rest and, is what, drag. The rest is drag. So, okay. <laughs> drag. Well, look, we, we are, unfortunately, at the end of our interview. Uh, oh. Yes, uh, Story oh, J. And, and so, you know, I, I real quick, I want to ask you, before we sign off and let you go, what's next for Story J? What is what's next for next the Story right Time? Now? Story? Yes.
4: So, I will be premiering my first ever ten fully, an, well, fully animated by me, a story that I did a while back for an author called A Hundred Days Inside. It's about a, the, about a little girl's uh, time, how she spent the first 100 days during the pandemic. Wow. And that's fully animated by me. I just uh, completed all the animation for it. I'm just now waiting on uh, Madison Wright, who's the co-author, who's about 11 years old, but is doing all, uh-huh. the, anim- all the narration for it. So oh, we're just waiting that. on that. That will be premiering soon with the next show, um, and hopefully the next show will be coming out soon. So a lot of live action, me and animation doing all the animation as always so well please stay in touch with us and let us
0: know when that's happening because we're sure going to we're going to be following you so if yeah. you don't call us we're going to call you okay yeah,
4: absolutely i'll come right. back anytime you want me hopefully right a
0: now. lot later too so. <laughs> thank, thank you thank you <laughs> it's okay bring your hat okay. well don't go away <laughs> yeah. we're going to we're going to bring you back but ladies and gentlemen please click 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 for story j thank you so much for having me <laughs> thank Good you sir you. thank you thank you Well, guys, I know we're getting close to the show, but it is Mother's Day. Yes. This Sunday is Mother's Day. And Mm -hmm. I I just thought it would, you know, we thought, ladies and gentlemen, that it would be a good idea just to, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, have a long speech about it, but just show you our images of our mom and just say how much we appreciate them. So I'm gonna start off first. Um, My mom, Margaret King, we didn't take many pictures back then. So every year you're gonna see this picture. This is one of my favorite pictures of her. And this next picture is, you can't see this dress, but I was six years old and I went with her to pick out this dress and that's when I fell Uh in love with fashion. Okay, I fell in love. I fell in love with fashion on this pleated A-line dress. And this, this last picture is my favorite picture. This is the picture that sits beside my bed. I miss her dearly, Margaret of uh, Virgie King. And um, happy Mother's Day to you. Oh, sweet.
2: Oh, how sweet. Okay, Thank I you. think I'm up
0: next. I think and you are.
2: So we have my mom. That's Mary Edwards. I've nicknamed for her Queen Mary. And uh, my mom lived to be 98 years old. Um, I often refer to her as my first love. Um, here she is sporting one of her Easter hats. Here is another <laughs> of one of my mother's uh, Easter ensemble uh, with the uh, hat. Uh, my, my good brother um, down in Houston, Texas, Cedric Dubois, uh, Dubose, who uh, is her milliner, uh, who made sure that my mother made a statement every time she came out uh, for Easter. And uh, that's also one of my favorite shots. Uh, this was after church and we went across the street. Uh, and she was working her black and white uh, stylist by her son, of course. Um, and so I want st- to send out a special heavenly love to my mother, my first love, Mary A. Edwards, AKA. I'm you. Happy,
0: happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet. And, mama.
1: That's <laughs> my mama. <laughs> uh, so uh, my brother and I, that's me, the tall one, my brother at the bottom. So you can just get an idea of like what our eyes all look like. My mother, look, she looks like a mail order bride, doesn't she? She looks like
0: Frida Pay. And, and that's a compliment. She looks like Frida Payne. Like, oh my yeah. God.
1: Free to pay. Yes, yes, yes. Totally, totally. That's my mom, like back in the day, back in the day. And then this is her just recently. My mom Gosh, has always great. been a fashionista, always <laughs> been into clothes, it. always looked impeccable. And I just love her. She taught me style and to be... Um, fashionable at all times it was i was in high school before i wore my very first pair of jeans wow me too yeah yeah me too me too
0: well thank you guys happy mother's day mothers um thank you Vosh and bobby for for sharing if we could bring back brendan and and story J, if if they are back in the back we want to bring them back before we close out um Uh, Next week, ladies and gentlemen, on May 19th, we're doing our Let's Get Newsy show as we prepare for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, So please tune in next week. And uh, before we let them go, I want to share our words of the week. It wasn't until I started reading and found books, they wouldn't let us read in high in school that I discovered you could be insane and happy and have a good life without being like everybody else. And those were the words of John Waters, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we want to close on that note, but we also want to close on saying thank you to Story J and to yeah. Brendan Slocum. And congratulations again, once again, to everything you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank okay. Author we, talk. We, we love author talk. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I thought
1: you Thank you. Thank well. <laughs> you. <laughs> so
0: um please come back again and uh ladies and gentlemen we look forward to seeing you next week on another new episode of he said he said he said, he said. <laughs> you all have a good night <laughs> thank you, everybody bye guys thank you
1: good night